Kira. Hi, I'm Mariska. Welcome to Wiffle, what I feel like expressing. Where we like to have fun and explore ways to level up as human beings. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to us today. And we really hope that you love this episode. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Wiffle. Hope you guys are doing really well. Yes, indeed. And today we have a little bit of a interesting topic that we found a lot of our clients and people that we speak to actually struggle with. And yes, we do too. Because, well, we are still human and it happens <laughs> to all of us. So, Kira, what's our topic? Our topic today is the infamous imposter syndrome. <gasps> so, yeah, not a fun one, but I know <laughs> a topic and a feeling that many of you guys resonate with. And both Merska and I have had our experiences with. Mine has been in a very kind of abnormal way, which I'm going to talk about later. But first, Mariska, tell us about your journey with imposter syndrome. How did it really show up for you? What did you do with it? Tell us all about it. Well, it is something that pops up every now and again. And it's, it's interesting. I find that for me, when I just start out with something, so it's very new and I am a total novice, I'm not too worried about it. It's because I know that I'm learning and I'm okay with it. Right. And then I sort of get to know some stuff and I sort of get to know what I'm doing okay and what I might not be doing okay. And then... I start to implement it in the world or actually practice it and I start to wonder who the hell am I to be doing this? <laughs> and isn't that the oh, oh so lovely imposter syndrome voice coming into play? Because that's what we do when we feel like imposters. What, what do I have to add of value within the space? So it's it's normally within that middle middle piece and <laughs> the fun bit is the fact that the middle piece have a tendency to last a very long time because, well, on our road to mastery, that's where we normally sit is in that middle piece. We learn new things, we implement some of it and some of it we don't depending on how it applies. And it's the middle, right? So we're not novices anymore. We sort of know what we're doing. And then we sort of wonder whether we know enough of what we're doing to actually take it out into the world and help other people in the same area. Exactly. So it sounds like for you, it also shows up when things get public, like when things become real, like when you have to share it. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yes, I think the as soon as I have other people that need to be exposed to whatever the work is that I do, 
I start to wonder, well, is this good enough? Am I covering the things that I need to be covering? Is it a unique enough point of view? Is it, there's so many things that goes on in my head. Absolutely. (laughs) It, It literally drives me to either procrastinate or feel overwhelmed really easily. Um, so yeah, it, the imposter syndrome is uh, in any of sorts that is not necessarily very helpful. And the fact is it it impacts the way we feel about what it is that we are interacting with. Mm-hmm. right? It's I mean, I remember, going doing a course doing all the work that I was supposed to be doing getting into it working around it and then our buddy imposter syndrome came to visit and stopped me dead in my tracks I literally didn't do anything for weeks not a week not days weeks right? Because I I was really in all in my head going, well, how, how is what I want to be sharing the right thing? I tried to start blogging properly and just nothing worked. Nothing worked. So yeah, it's, it's a horrible feeling. Where do you think the whole imposter syndrome stems from i mean one theory i have and i know that we've spoken about it on this podcast before the fear of rejection and criticism is so great to us because it means actual death right from Mm -hmm. an evolutionary point of view we weren't going to survive if we weren't part of a community or something (laughs) so we are terrified of any criticism or any kind of shunning and rejection and I think Mm -hmm. personally a lot of imposter syndrome comes from I don't want to be like the auto and out that like doesn't know what they're doing and get ridiculed for it and it's it's tied up a lot with shame and Mm -hmm. you know that rejection and criticism I'm sure there's other things at play have you considered where is this kind of line of thinking, this imposter syndrome line of thinking coming from? I think for me personally, so understanding our saboteurs is helpful. Definitely. Because for me, what I have found, so one of my saboteurs, yes, I do have a voider, which I mean that that results in the weeks of not doing anything, right? Yeah. And the other one that I have that, loves coming out to play every now and again um is the hyper uh rational right so for me to i also have hyper achiever quite high so the two of them have a tendency to go well are you really the top person in the field to be saying this uh, do you really have enough knowledge around this thing so that's sort of the the type of conversations that starts going on in my head. Right. And, and I'm like, mm, well, I don't have a PhD and I don't have this and I haven't done that and I haven't done these things that 
all these brilliant other people do, blah, blah. So yes, that's, I think, our, the, the imposter, the way we experience imposter syndrome is mm. most likely linked to whatever it is that we have as a saboteur. So it sort of latches right. onto that thing. And that would sort of become the conversations that start to Got go you. on in our own heads so that we are judging ourselves and really sabotaging ourselves because, well, technically that's what the imposter syndrome is doing, right? It is sabotaging us. We are getting in our own way and stopping ourselves to continue on this journey that we want to be on and the creation that we are creating that literally only we can do so yeah but that is enough of my experience of it how, <laughs> how do you find it shows up for you and and what sort of enlightening views do you have around our great friend the imposter syndrome well, I'm actually going to speak about the reverse, which is complete naivety and how that has been a benefit, but how it has also screwed me up. And I'm going to take the silver lining of the imposter syndrome kind of <laughs> mindset. So when I first started coaching, I should say when I first started my coaching practice, you know, I had had some experience working with a psychologist and they had taken me under their wing and they had brought me onto their team. So I did feel as though I had a good bit of professional credibility, stamp of approval, and I had my confidence in my training, in my skill, etc. However, being a coach or being a psychologist or being, you know, um, a painter or any kind of entrepreneur that's one thing and your skill in that area is one thing but the business aspect and everything that comes along with it is a completely mm -hmm. other thing and i felt like i had really clocked up my hours and i felt really ready to take people on in my first year again very fair discounted rate etc i felt really secure in that but i was just like let me post on instagram i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go with it i'm just gonna tell everyone i'm a coach and everything will just fall into place and i'll just get my people and everything will be fine i had zero strategy i had zero plan i hadn't i hadn't thought of anything content pillars branding my story my my you know brand mission etc none of that had been worked out i was completely naive and that led to burnout because i mean thank god yes people came and everything grew but there was burnout and then i recognized like my pricing was all wrong because i hadn't thought of that you know after the first year, the cracks certainly started to show because there was no foundation. The cracks mm -hmm. were showing for me. I was a wreck in my second year of business um, because I was completely naive. I just thought, 
let me go. Let me start with this. So in a way, what I want to say to you guys listening, your imposter syndrome, like every other behavior, feeling, emotion that comes up for us, there is some form of protection. There's some form of Mm -hmm. wanting to serve you. And I think if you notice that the imposter syndrome is coming up or that really inner critical voice, let's just see if you can take out the emotions, just, just just a notch. Let's make it a little less emotionally charged and ask it, okay, what is it really that you're trying to tell me? Because let's say you want to open a female only gym. That's your goal, that's your mission. And you have this inner critic that's like, there's no way you can do that. You know nothing, like what training have you got? What do you even know about gyms? Blah, 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 blah. Have a dialogue with that voice and say, okay, no, I don't have training. So I would need to do a six month, a six month course. Okay, mm-hmm. I would need to do some research on that. Work with, work with the voice, you know, try and see if you can take out the emotions just a little bit and see if you can dialogue with that part of you that would be that would be my advice because yes doing things and feeling the fear and doing it anyways amazing but so is having a plan and Mm -hmm. really having information on your side and building your confidence so that would be my little 10 cents when it comes to the (laughs) imposter syndrome. Uh, What are your thoughts on that, Mariska? I think that's part of what happens with, well, anything we, our saboteurs are being agitated. And that's what, that's literally what the imposter syndrome does, right? So it's an agitation of sorts. It's a, It's something that sort of goes, well, I don't want you to get hurt because remember earlier here I mentioned the fact that this is fight or flight and this is a life-saving practice that we we try to, to save ourselves from a big tiger that will kill us, which luckily it's not a big tiger and we won't die. Emotionally, it feels like that. And taking that emotion a notch down so we can actually see it for what it is and try to figure out what it is exactly that it's saying. So first off, when our imposter syndrome shows up, it's trying to tell us something. Mm -hmm. We need to, I don't know, be more resourceful or approach it from a different angle. So I spoke to somebody not so long ago and they were looking at um, actually going into a leadership space and they weren't feeling very confident about it because, well, they've been in leadership space before, so they weren't too sure whether anything they would share would be new. And they also had quite a different perspective because they came from a different country. Mm. So 
for anybody that has ever moved in your life from one country to another country, you will know that things are different, right? We think different in different countries. We do things different in different countries. And utilizing that perspective to then speak to the experience of leadership Mm -hmm. is a unique voice and we can't be an imposter in it because literally that's our lived experience that's such a good point that's such an important point so i think the 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 things that i would take out of this is one being able to take our emotion and acknowledge it right because yes we need to acknowledge the emotion then preferably name the emotion so we know what it is that's going on for us is it fear is it shame is it what exactly is this emotion that i'm feeling Mm -hmm. because once we've named it it's so much easier to actually work with it than sort of just leaving it and it is an emotion that we're experiencing and we don't even know what it is so naming that emotion, and then it's easier for us to bring it down a notch and really look at this thing objectively and then see, because we have done that, the likelihood of us being able to look at it from a different perspective, a different point of view, and seeing, well, in my lived experience, what is it that I can bring to this thing? Because remember, you are the only person with that specific combination of lived experience. Nobody else has it, right? There might be similarities to some people in certain areas, but you are the only one with that combination. It's like a very unique combination lock that you've got. And nobody else, everybody else has numbers one to nine, yep, but nobody has the combination that you have. I love that. It's so so true. Yeah. There's always something that's unique in the way that we think and see things and bring them to life. And I think in that, nobody could ever be an imposter. That is such a powerful way to reframe the whole kind of thought of the imposter syndrome topic. And I feel as though a lot of people will benefit from that reframe and perspective so thank you guys so much for listening we really hope that you enjoy this topic as always send us a message let us know what you thought of this episode and let us know any topics that you would love to hear us talk about that would be great it will until next time thank you so much for investing your time with us today you are awesome please subscribe so you get notified about our newest episodes and go ahead and share this with your friends so you can find out what they feel like expressing until next time